Something to note, all myths have many versions and variations. For this episode, we've selected those we feel are the most dramatic and entertaining and supplemented them with additional research into the Lakota Nation's traditions. Because mythology comes from oral tradition, there's a wide variety across sources. Our myths may not always be the version you're familiar with, but we hope you'll enjoy them. Zanta stood at the edge of the Lakota Nation's camp, staring up at the towering medical teepee. It was the largest structure her people had ever built and had taken all night and all their combined efforts to erect. Even Zanta, who was pregnant, had helped where she could, despite Akichita's insistence that she not strain herself. She reflexively placed a hand on her swollen stomach as she thought of their child, due to arrive any day. She had not had the heart to tell Akichita that it had been days since she had felt the baby move. Zanta glanced up at the dark storm clouds gathering overhead. She wondered what her husband was seeing now. Akichita had disappeared into the medical teepee just moments ago with Chief Standing Hollowhorn and the strange maiden. The maiden. She had arrived from across the plain, dark hair whipping in the wind, feet hovering several inches above the ground. Akichita said she was Wakan, a holy spirit, and perhaps he was right. All the Lakota had been overcome with awe at the sight of her and had dropped to their knees in supplication. But as the woman's sharp eyes fell on Zanta, she had not felt awe or wonder, only fear and dread. Welcome to Mythology, a ParCast original. Every Tuesday, we present dramatic stories from ancient mythology and explore their origins. I'm your host and narrator, Vanessa Richardson. You can find all episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Mythology for free on Spotify, just open the app, tap Browse, and type Mythology in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. And if you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to help us is to leave a five-star review wherever you're listening. It really does help. Today, we're picking up where we left off in our story about the white buffalo calf woman, a Lakota deity who is said to bring good fortune. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One hot summer long ago, the people of the Lakota Nation faced a great trial. The buffalo that they relied on for food, for shelter, and for their very way of life seemed to have vanished with the spring rains. Hoping that it was not too late to save his starving people, Chief Standing Hollowhorn sent two warriors, Akichita and Anape, out into the wilderness to hunt. After several days of searching without success, the warriors had come upon a mysterious young maiden on top of a cliff. She was dressed all in white, and her feet hovered above the ground. Akichita saw this and realized that she was no mere human, but a wakan, a holy spirit. But Inape was overcome with lust and leapt forward to touch her. Before he could, he was overtaken by a great storm and struck by a bolt of lightning. When the clouds cleared, there was nothing left but the warrior's bones. The Wakan told Akichita she was sent by the Great Spirit to help the Lakota nation. She sent him back to his camp to prepare for her arrival. That night, all the tribes of the Lakota Nation worked together to build a great medical teepee, as the woman had requested. Even the children assisted as best they could. When the sun rose on the Lakota Nation, the teepee stood ready, tall and proud. Then the woman appeared. Chief Standing Hollowhorn welcomed the Wakan with open arms. As the entirety of the Lakota nation watched, the chief and Akichita led the woman into the medical lodge. Holy sister, we welcome you into our home. I apologize that we could not prepare a proper offering, but we have not had meat for some time. All we can share right now is water and hospitality. No need for an offering, brother. Your open arms are much appreciated, as is the faith you have shown in heeding my request. The people have done exactly as you asked, Wakan. They have built a teepee of 24 poles. Sage lines the ground, and the skull of a buffalo has been placed at the center. All as you requested. That is good, Akichata. I am quite impressed by what your community was able to accomplish in just one night. It gives me reassurance that you are ready for what I have to offer. Akichata tells us that you have brought us a gift from the Great Spirit. I have. If you could, please... Let me prepare for my offering. When I am ready, I will invite a select few inside. Chief Standing Hollowhorn lingered a moment longer, eyeing the young maiden skeptically. He prayed that he was not making a mistake in trusting her, but Akichita had not been wrong so far. At last, he had followed the young warrior out of the teepee. 
they stepped out into the blazing sun before the eyes of the watching Lakota nation. The chief could see the anticipation and hunger in their eyes and a desperate question. Had this woman come to alter their fate? Having no clear answers himself, the chief instead pulled Akichita to the side. You were right about one thing, Akichita. That woman is not of this world. But what is this gift she has brought us? She does not seem to carry any food. Perhaps the gift is not so simple. She may have brought us a weapon, or a way to track the buffalo. That would be valuable indeed. But I fear we are running out of time. The food supply is nearly gone. Last night took a lot of energy. People are going to start becoming ill. If we put our trust and faith in her, she will guide us towards survival. I believe it in my heart. A few moments later, the woman stepped out of the teepee. The crowd stopped muttering and turned to listen as she spoke. My brothers and sisters of the Lakota Nation, I have been sent by the Great Spirit with a sacred gift. The chief, the elders, and the women of the tribes, please step inside with me. Only the women and elders? I recommend the men and children get some rest for a few hours while I speak with the women. The work you have all done to prepare for my arrival is worthy of what I have to share. Akichita, you wait outside in case we need you. Please see that everyone starts to get some rest, especially the children. Chief, are you sure about this? You were the one who told me to trust this Wakan, Akitata. Now you are having doubts? I do trust her, but I did not expect her to ask to see the women and elders alone. I have seen firsthand that she will not allow any disrespect. And Zanta, well, you know my wife will not hesitate to question any being, whether from Earth or above. I will be with her, and you will be right outside if we need you. Our sisters and elders are brave and wise. You will see. The chief turned away from Akichita and started toward the teepee. He held the curtain open as the elders and women flowed in. Zanta watched, but did not follow, turning instead to Akichita. I'm sorry, Akichita, but I do not trust her. Please, Zanta, it is important that we do exactly as she asks. But why would she not want the men of our tribe inside? Perhaps her gift is not for us. Perhaps it's for you and our little one. Akichita placed his hand on Zanta's stomach, and she felt a sudden surge of guilt. She wished she had confessed her fears to him, that the child had not moved in days, that it might be gone already. But they had not had a moment alone since he returned from the hunt. She knew how much he had been through, and could see the incredible exhaustion in his eyes. She could not break his heart now. I will hear what she has to say. You are the bravest woman I know, Zanta. I promise she will not harm you or our unborn child. The chief will be inside with you as well as the other women and elders. I will be nearby in the event you need me. Akichita kissed the top of his wife's forehead. Finally, she turned away and followed the chief into the teepee. As the tarp fell shut, Akichita turned to find the men and children watching him with worried looks. 
Glancing back at the medical teepee, he realized that with the chief inside, they were looking to him for answers. He wished that he had any to give. The tired, weary men of the Lakota Nation drifted away from the teepee, taking their children with them. Soon, Akichita was left alone. He sat down under the shade of the teepee, facing the entrance. The past 24 hours were finally catching up to him. The exhausting journey to find Buffalo, the loss of his best friend, the run back to the camp, and the long night constructing the medical teepee. It had taken all of his strength and then some. Akichita closed his eyes and tried to listen to what was going on inside the teepee. Whatever he had told Zanta and the chief, he could not silence the voice of doubt that lingered in the back of his mind. The white buffalo calf woman had taken his best friend in an instant, and now she was alone inside the teepee with his wife and unborn child. Akichita looked up at the blistering sun, which was causing beads of sweat to form around his temples. He wiped his forehead with his arms, brought his knees to his chest, and began a quiet prayer. Coming up, the tribes of the Lakota Nation receive an unexpected gift. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Now, back to the story. Akichita sat outside the medical teepee, straining to hear what was going on inside. His faith had been tested countless times over the past few days. He had raced across the plains to warn the Lakota Nation of the impending visit of the white buffalo calf woman. He had convinced them to throw all of their efforts and resources into preparing for her arrival. But none of that had compared to the strain he felt now, kneeling alone outside the teepee while his wife and unborn child were inside with that mysterious woman. He prayed that he had not made a horrible mistake. Inside, the women and elders crowded around the outer edges of the medical teepee, all keeping their distance from the maiden. She stood beside the buffalo skull at the center, staring back at them with an inscrutable smile. The Wakan held a leather bag in her hands. Zanta and the others watched closely as she reached inside. 
The smell of sage filled the air as the white buffalo calf woman lifted a small, wrapped bundle from inside the bag. The Lakota waited in anticipation as she slowly unwrapped it. At last, she turned to Chief Standing Hollowhorn and presented him with the object. A pipe. This is the gift you have brought for us. Zonta, let her explain. Thank you, Standing Hollowhorn. I impart this sacred pipe to your care, along with a series of rituals. May they guide you, long after I have left. If these rituals are so valuable, why have you excluded the men? Wakan, please forgive my people their frustration. It has been days since some of us have had a proper meal. Even so, they worked through the night to build this teepee to your specifications. They... I hoped that you would bring us a gift to aid us in our present predicament. Something to help us avoid starvation. In time, you will understand. Now, I ask you to watch and listen. The woman reached into her bag again and took out a small pouch packed with red willow bark tobacco. After filling the sacred pipe with the tobacco, she started walking in a circle around the edges of the teepee. The women and elders took another step back to give her space. I walk in the manner of Ampetui, the great sun. The path creates an unbreakable loop a circle without an end. It signifies the road of life. After circling the teepee four times, the woman came to a stop. She took a small red stone bowl out of her bag and placed it on the ground beside the buffalo skull. The members of the Lakota Nation looked at one another, wondering what would happen next. The woman knelt and lit a fire in the center of the stone bowl. She held the pipe to the flame until the tobacco caught fire. Then she stood and turned to face the people again. This is the fire with no end. Its flame must be passed on to the next generation and all generations to come. Its smoke is the living breath of the great grandfather mystery. With this holy pipe, every step you take becomes a living prayer. Your body becomes the link between the sacred beneath and the sacred above. With your feet on the sage-filled ground and the smoke reaching up into the sky, all living things come together. And the bowl? What is that meant to represent? Zonta, the Wakan asked us to listen. The white buffalo calf woman went on to explain that the red stone bowl represented humanity's home, Mother Earth. All who lived on the Earth were to be considered sacred. She claimed that the universe is naturally divided into four directions and was formed through four ages of creation. The buffalo stands on four legs. As each age comes to an end, the buffalo loses a leg. Once all the legs are gone, the sacred loop will end. Asking the tribe members to come closer, she showed them that there were important engravings on the side of the bowl. They indicated the four ages. There were also seven circles. These contained instructions 
for the seven sacred ceremonies that were to be performed using the pipe. Each ceremony had a specific purpose. One for purification, one for naming children, one for healing, and one for adoption. There were also ceremonies for marriage, vision quests, and the sun dance. These rituals and the pipe itself were meant to celebrate creation and inspire unity. The Wakan now turned to face Zanta, fixing her with a piercing gaze. As she stepped closer, Zanta instinctively placed a protective hand over her pregnant stomach. You asked why I requested the women and elders of your community. From my understanding, your men are the ones who are sent out to hunt every day. Is that correct? Yes, the strongest and bravest men hunt buffalo for food. We rely on them for survival. Their hard work is necessary and appreciated, but you all must understand your value and necessity as well. Your body is the fruit of humanity. You keep this community alive and are just as much warriors as those who go out in search of food. I am putting my trust in you to ensure that these rituals are passed down to future generations. This sacred pipe is meant to unite men and women alike. No individual has more power over it than any other. Zanta looked around at her fellow women and well-respected elders. She looked towards her chief for guidance. The chief nodded his head, acknowledging his support of the Wakan's words. Over the next four days, the white buffalo calf woman would teach the Lakota how to properly pray and use the sacred pipe in conjunction with the seven sacred ceremonies. But first, she knew they were tired. She told them to rejoin their husbands and brothers and get some rest. For once the sun set, the teachings would begin. The elders and women made their way out of the tent, leaving the maiden to prepare for the evening. The chief hovered by the entryway as Zanta approached the woman. Great Wakan, I apologize if my questions seemed impertinent. I did not mean any disrespect. There has been no disrespect, sister. I sense that your child will soon be introduced to the world. Your tribe must be excited to welcome a newborn. Yes, everyone is thrilled. But not you. I admit, I fear for my child. I do not know if there will be any food left when it is born. If it is born. You will be well taken care of. But now, just rest. This will all make sense in due time. The maiden stepped closer and reached out to place her hand on Zanta's stomach. Before Zanta could protest, she felt a small but sharp jolt in her stomach. The child had kicked again with more vigor than she had ever felt before. <gasps> Zanta gasped in surprise. A rush of relief and joy had erupted in her chest to wash over her, overpowering her. Without warning, she burst into tears. Unable to voice her overwhelming gratitude, she embraced the maiden and held her close. Akichita stood outside the medical teepee, searching the crowd of emerging women and elders for his wife. 
His heart soared with relief when he saw her step through the flap, only to plummet a moment later when he saw her red eyes and the fresh tear tracks that marked her cheek. Zonta, are you all right? I am fine, my love. Everything is fine. I saw smoke appear from the teepee. What happened in there? Let us go and lay down, and I will explain everything to you. Chief Standing Hollowhorn, you must rest as well. I will try my best, although I fear I will not be able to sleep. I still do not know how we are going to feed our people. I don't understand. What was the Wakan's gift? Come, Akitita. You are exhausted. The camp seemed devoid of life as Zanta and Akichita made their way back to their teepee, for all of the Lakota nation followed the Wakan's advice to rest. When they were finally alone inside their home, Zanta laid down and placed her swollen feet in Akichita's lap. He rubbed them and listened as she described what happened inside the tent and the gift the Wakan offered. A pipe? A sacred pipe. I do not understand. These rituals are more powerful than any weapon she could give us. The Wakan emphasized how important it is to pass these rituals on to future generations. There won't be any future generations if we don't find a new food source soon! Akitita, my love, you told me to trust this woman. Now, you must trust me. We may not have all the answers, but after hearing her speak, I know now that she will not let harm come to our child. Now, rest. You have earned it. Akichita nodded, finally accepting his wife's words. As Zanta wrapped her arms around him, the anxieties and fears that had run rampant through his mind all morning seemed to drift away. All of the Lakota nation rested peacefully that summer afternoon, for all were exhausted from the previous night's labor, and none slept more soundly than Akichita. Coming up, the white buffalo calf woman instructs the Lakota in the seven sacred rituals and leaves a final gift. Now back to the story. One summer long ago, the white buffalo calf woman visited the Lakota nation's campsite and gave them the gift of Chanupa, the sacred pipe. Over the next four days, she instructed them in the practice of seven sacred rites, which were to be passed down to future generations. Meanwhile, Chief Standing Hollowhorn was growing increasingly concerned about their dwindling food source. Zanta, the wife of Akichita, was pregnant and due any day. While she had come to trust the white buffalo calf woman without question, the lack of food weighed heavily on her. By the afternoon of the fourth day, the white buffalo calf woman had shared all seven of the sacred rituals with the Lakota. She asked the chief to prepare a final celebration of unity in advance of her departure the next morning. As the sun set over the horizon, the families began to emerge from homes and make their way to the medical teepee. Smoke billowed from the top. The white buffalo calf woman waited outside, her feet hovering above the ground. Once everyone had arrived, the chief raised a hand, demanding silence. 
great Wakan. Four days ago, you brought us our first glimmer of hope in some time. We had despaired in the face of this torturous summer. We know that the days ahead will not be easy. But you have reminded us that in unity, we can overcome any obstacles. For that, we owe you everything. We thank you for the seven sacred rites, and will keep them alive in our traditions for centuries to come. Thank you all for your hospitality. Tonight we celebrate, but in the morning, I must depart. The maiden then turned to a group of young children playing a ways away from the crowd. They turned to look up at her in awe as she approached. Children, remember my teachings well, for it will fall to you to pass them to your own children. Take care of this land, and you will be taken care of in turn. Respect everything Mother Earth has created, including one another. Remember my words, and I will be with you, always. Akichita and Zonta stood at the edge of the crowd, watching happily as the celebration began. Suddenly, she buried her head in his shoulder and squeezed his hand. Before he could ask what was wrong, she cried out in pain. <laughs> Akichita! I think the baby is coming! Wakan! Please, help my wife deliver this baby! You have everything you need. Use what I have taught you about unity, and she will be all right. Akichita started to protest, but Zonta cried out again. He helped his wife into the medical teepee. A small group of elders and women followed the couple inside. Hours passed as the Lakota nation waited eagerly for news— Every so often, they would glance over to the white buffalo calf woman to see if she would offer any help, but she waited patiently with the rest, a knowing smile on her face. And then, just before the break of dawn, Akichita stepped out of the teepee, tears streaming down his cheeks. It's a girl! Akichita slipped back into the teepee to welcome his newborn daughter. Off in the distance, the sun slowly began to rise. The chief made his way over to the white buffalo calf woman as the tribe started to crowd around the medical teepee. It is my time to journey back to the spirit world. You are sure you cannot stay any longer? I cannot tell you how much your presence here has meant to us. I will always be here to take care of you, though not in this form. Remember, the four ages of creation are in me. I will visit you, once in each age, at the time I am most needed." She stepped to the edge of the campsite, just as Akichita emerged from the medical teepee with his newborn in his arms. He pushed through the crowd to chase after the Wakan. One moment, great Wakan! Before you go, I want my daughter to meet you. She is beautiful. While she will not remember me, I trust that you will not let her forget what I have taught you. You know my wife quite well by now, I assure you. Neither of us will let that happen. Until I see you again, great warrior. 
Akichita watched with the rest of the Lakota nation as the white buffalo calf woman walked out into the plains, away from the campsite. The sun was now rising in the distance, and before long she was little more than a dark silhouette before the great red orb. Akichita looked up from his daughter's face to see that the woman had come to a stop in the distance. His brow furrowed in concern. Suddenly, she fell. Something's wrong. I do not think so, Akichita. Whatever is happening, I'm sure it is what she intends. For a long moment, the maiden lay motionless on the ground. Then, as the clouds of dust swirled and willowed around her, a transformation began. Her thick black hair covered her face, and her arms and legs began to change. In the blink of an eye, she transformed from a beautiful young maiden into a black buffalo. As the sun crept over the plains, the black buffalo started running around in circles, kicking up a cloud of dust. Then it threw itself forward and rolled over on the ground. When it leapt back to its feet, it had transformed into a brown buffalo. The sun started shining even brighter as the brown buffalo rolled over a second time. This time, its fur was the color red. By this point, the cloud of dust had begun to sweep around like a tornado. As the buffalo fell to the ground a third time, the dust cloud overtook it, obscuring it completely from view. The Lakota watched and waited. As the clouds started to settle, a white buffalo calf emerged. Now in her true form once more, the white buffalo turned and charged away into the plains, growing smaller and smaller until she disappeared over the horizon. Akichita stared after her for a long moment until he was sure she was gone. He wiped a tear from his eye and turned toward the approaching chief. A crisp, cool breeze swept over the plain. And then Akichita heard them. Is that? Why, yes. Yes, it is. An enormous herd of buffalo had appeared on the horizon, charging over the plains. A grin spread across the chief's face as he shouted for the young hunters. Akichita dashed back to the medical teepee, where Zanta was waiting with arms wide open. The young couple smiled, giddy. Bringing Zanta outside... Akichita held his wife and daughter as they watched the buffalo herd in the distance. One by one, the hunters of the tribe drew their bows. After a simple nod from Chief Standing Hollowhorn, they raced off to receive their final gift. The myth of the white buffalo calf woman is rooted in stories passed down by the Lakota Nation, but other Native American nations and tribes have their own stories about her. Today, she's associated with the Lakota Nation's dependence on bison as a staple of their way of life. In all her stories, she serves as a beacon of inspiration, strength, and hope to those who need it most. 
In an article for the University of Nebraska's College of Journalism and Mass Communications, writer Shannon Smith explains the significance of the white buffalo calf woman. For many Lakota women, the story represents the solidarity of the culture as its foundation point, but also shows the fluidity of storytelling itself. The story shifts and shapes itself to the people. It grows and adapts. What most versions agree upon, though, is that the white buffalo calf woman brought the Chinupa Wakan, the sacred pipe. The sacred pipe from the white buffalo calf woman story is no mere legend, but a real artifact that's been passed down for generations. Today, it's watched over by Chief Arvel Looking Horse of the Cheyenne River Sioux Tribe. He is the 19th keeper of the pipe. Each part of the pipe, from the stem to the bowl to the tobacco and smoke, serves as a symbol of the relationships between humans, plants, animals, elements, and all spiritual beings. The seven sacred rites associated with the pipe encourage unity and inspire the Lakota to work together in overcoming obstacles. A current member of the Lakota Nation, Gabriel Horn, whose given tribal name is White Deer of Autumn, explains the importance of these rituals. He says, The pipe is a link between the earth and the sky. Nothing is more sacred. The pipe is our prayers in physical form. Smoke becomes our words. It goes out, touches everything, and becomes a part of all that is. The fire in the pipe is the same fire in the sun, which is the source of life. Today, these pipe ceremonies are the foundation of nearly every part of Lakota life. They're commonly performed in nursing homes, hospitals, prisons, colleges, protests, and political meetings. The prayers associated with these ceremonies are intended to pray for the well-being of all of humanity and creation. And they all began one summer long ago, when the sun burned hot over the Great Plains, and the buffalo were nowhere to be found. Thanks again for tuning in to Mythology. We'll be back Tuesday with a new episode. For more information on the white buffalo calf woman, amongst the many sources we used, we found sources from the Lakota Nation's website extremely helpful to our research. These episodes drew directly from stories relayed by Black Elk, Lame Deer, and Looks for Buffalo. You can find more episodes of Mythology and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite podcast originals, like Mythology, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Mythology on Spotify, just open the app, tap Browse, and type Mythology in the search bar. If you enjoy Mythology, you'll love my other podcast, Tales. Tales presents fairy tales the way they were originally told, orally and unadulterated. Traditional fairy tales aren't exactly suitable for children, and every other Saturday we dive into another dark, classic tale. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast, and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back next week with another epic tale. 
Mythology is a Spotify original from Parcast. Executive producers include Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Michael Langsner, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, Maggie Admire, and Paul Mahler. This episode of Mythology was written by Monisha Dablani and produced by Freddie Beckley. The amazing cast of voice actors includes Mike Capozzi, Marcy Edwards, Brian Green, Harris Markson, Samantha Moore, and Charlie Wess. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Vanessa Richardson